Hi, this is Dr. Shanitra Cuthbertson, and this is the Amaze One Podcast. This podcast aims to strengthen your faith and edify your soul. Walk with us as we walk with the one on the Amaze Road. Enjoy this week's message. You said that we could be your friend. No longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. And the reason God said that he would begin to call his people friends is because he would start to tell them what he was doing. God, we bless you this morning. We ask that you would come into this place. God, we want to be let in on what you're doing, God. Not as a eavesdropper or a nosy person, but God as a friend. Like the way you told your friend Abraham what you were going to do. God, we ask that you would begin to tell us what you're doing, God. In our lives, God. In our hearts. In our homes, God. Tell us what you're doing, Jesus. We want to be your friend today. We want to be your friend today. You said we could be your friend, Lord. God, have your way in this place. Move us toward where you want us to be. We're going to do something a little different today, and I just want you to stand while I read the first section of scriptures. Matter of fact, you can close your eyes. We're coming from Judges 6, and it says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountains, the clefts, the caves, and the strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded their country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land and ravaged it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. And this is what the prophet said. He said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. He says, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. In this verse, we're in Gideon, but before I go there, let me introduce you to our new series. It's called Face to Face. One of the things I've been blessed to do over this month of not preaching is to just pray and to seek God and to just sit and sit. And I didn't have to work on preparing anything. I just, I was able to just sit and sit and listen 
and listen. And one of the things that continually came up in this, this private time with God is the idea of a face-to-face encounter with God. Face-to-face encounters are only mentioned a few times in the Bible. There was one with Moses. There was one with Jacob. Today we are going to discuss Gideon. It's only a few times that a face-to-face encounter is even spoken of. But in this series, I want to bring us to attention or to the the place that God is calling us to -to face-to-face encounters with him. He is not calling us to just need him when something is wrong, but he is wanting us to be face-to-face because whatever you're face-to-face with, you are intimate with. Whatever you are face-to-face with has to have your full attention. It is rare that something can be right here and you, you not look straight at it. And most of the time, anything you are that close to face-to-face with has to be something personal, close, and intimate. Because if anybody is in your face that close, it's because either you're about to kiss them or you really want to look them in the eyes. And when somebody speaks to you that close, it is so close to your ears that the sound doesn't even have to travel that far. It's right here. It is face-to-face. And that is our series this month. God wants us face to face. He wants us in a place where we don't have to beg to get in his presence. Because you don't beg a friend to talk to you. Where we don't have to do all this labor to come near him. Because truth be told, your friends are at arm's length. Call away. And he wants us to have these face to face encounters. And one of the things that he began to reveal to me is that this is not predicated upon who is more or less sinful. Because the truth of the matter is our, our, our righteousness is filthy rags. That's all of us. That's me. That's you. So it's not so much about who is sinful or sin or less sinful. And we've talked about this in Bible study. It's really about who's willing, who can come to a surrender that is beyond comprehension. When I came to the Lord at 19 years old, I did not know what I was stepping into. All I knew is that the Lord, the spirit of the God has presented himself to me and I yielded and I yielded so much now that when I look back almost 16 years later, I realized that was beyond my comprehension. I had no idea what I was stepping into, but I stepped so willingly and so fully with my full attention that I then began to understand. So this face-to-face invitation is not about who's perfect because one of the people that we will discuss in this series is Jacob. And Jacob has a face-to-face encounter with God. And if you know Jacob, you know his name means hill catcher, hoodwinker, schemer. But when it came for his time with his face-to-face encounter with God, the Bible says he did not let go. He was not striving to run away from God as we do sometimes. Jacob was striving to hold on to God. So to be face-to-face with someone, they have to have your full attention. And that's what God is trying to get us to. He wants us to be face-to-face, intimate, close, able to hear. Because if you were listening when I read, there's so many eyes in that, those first ten verses. He's telling the... the, the um, Israelites through the prophet he sent he said I bought you up out of Egypt I rescued you 
I delivered you. I drove out your enemies. I gave you their territory. I did all of that for you. And I told you, I said, worship the Lord your God. And when you get in the land of the Amorites, don't you worship them gods. But he finalized the 10th verse and he says, but you have not listened to me. You have not listened to me. It is impossible to not listen to somebody that you're face to face with, that you care to be face to face with. So we are going to spend some time with Gideon this morning. And we're going to go to Gideon 11. I mean, Gideon don't even have a book. We're going to go to Judges 6, 11. And as soon as I start reading this scripture, it blew my mind because I like I always say I like to slow down scripture because there's so much in the simple words. And we're reading out the NIV today. And it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Orpha that belonged to Joaz the Abizarite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, we just learned that the Midianites oppressed them so badly. The Bible says they impoverished them so badly that they left them without anything. And so Gideon is in a, a, a wine press, which is down, and he's hiding, and he's trying to thresh the wheat because he's trying to just get enough wheat to get some bread to get something to eat. But the Midianites are so oppressive that if he ever tried to do this in the open the proper way, they might just come and ravage it. So he says, I got this thing is so bad that I got to hide out. And the Bible says they were in caves and clefts and ducking and hiding and they were fully oppressed. And, and Gideon is down there and he is threshing wheat in hiding. And the Bible says this is a part that I really love because I had to like imagine it. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord came down to the wine press under the oak at Orpha, and it says he sat down. And I said, my goodness. Gideon and the Israelites are under an oppressive state. They are in a bad condition. But the Bible says, not only did God already give them an answer through the prophet, to be honest, y'all, some of this is because you have not listened to me. Some of this is because you chose to go the way I told you not to go. Some of this is at your own hand. But the God that you serve loves you so much that while you're in a wine press hiding from your oppressors, it says the angel of the Lord came and sat down. Where did the angel of the Lord come from? And if you look at different translations, some people believe that this could be an iteration of Jesus before he's in the body. Some people don't know if it's the Lord himself, but they just say the angel of the Lord. Keep it simple. What we do know is whatever it was came from heaven. So while you in a wine press hiding out from your oppressors, the God of the universe has sent an angel from the heavens. And the angel came down to your worst condition and sat down. Now, sitting down is not something you do when it's an urgent thing. You don't sit down when you are fearful or when something about to go down. That's, you know, you don't, I'm up, I'll be all right, I stand. Don't worry about it. Said the angel of the Lord sat down under the oak in Orpha that belonged to Joaz the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat. And the angel sits down and he's looking at Gideon threshing his wheat. And Gideon is threshing his wheat in distress. 
And the angel of the Lord is just looking at him. Verse 12. You can go to verse 12. Okay. Uh-oh. Here we go. So when the angel sat down and he looks at Gideon, he said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Some of the King James versions say, mighty man of valor. So this angel, whatever this is, has come from the heavens, from the very presence of God, sat down and told Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon is fearful. He is oppressed. He is lonely and he is scared. And God has sent something directly to him. And what does it tell him? God is with you and you are a mighty warrior. Why? Why in the world would this angel come to this place? Here's why. We're going to go to Romans 10, 17. Because Paul told us in Romans, he says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Gideon is in a wine press in a distressed state. And the angel of the Lord has come far to tell him that God is with him. One and two, let me tell you something about you, Gideon. You're a mighty warrior. You are a mighty man of valor. And the, the angel has come to put this in his hearing because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God is about to ask Gideon to do something that he thinks is beyond himself. But faith cometh by hearing. So Gideon, if you hear this angel right now, that has traveled from the heavens to your situation. Oh, this would be a great thing because we have to learn to hear and to listen because the thing that got all this kicked off that God said in verse 10, you have not listened to me. So I'm a teacher. So of course, you know, I got to go to the definitions. I said, the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God just telling them off gate, you have not listened to me then there's something in the hearing and the listening that is off. So let me go study quite plainly what hearing is. Hearing is a sense that helps you to receive sound waves, noise by the ears. Hearing is a sense. So it, what it does is it gives you the ability to receive sound. What am I saying? Faith comes when you have the ability to receive the sound of God. Because this word that just came to Gideon is from the Lord. And he says, I'm with you and you're a mighty man of valor. And he is hearing a sound of God. The ability to receive that is the ability to hear. And faith cometh by hearing. Gideon, I have come to infuse you with the faith of heaven. I am with you, and you are a mighty man of valor. So faith cometh by hearing the ability to perceive the sound of God. It has come to strengthen Gideon. Hearing is about perception. When I hear something, 
all of a sudden I have an awareness, a recognition. I can begin, when I hear something, I can use what I'm hearing to discern and to appreciate. And when I hear stuff, it helps me to, to grasp stuff. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God has sent a word from heaven directly to Gideon. And Gideon should be in position to hear because this word has come to strengthen his faith and to tell him who he is despite where he is. So when we listen, that's the other piece of this because God said they did not listen. When we listen, it is when we receive the sounds and understand them by paying full attention to the words and the sentences of the speaker. You cannot be face-to-face without paying full attention. They have not listened to me. And here God is sending a word to Gideon. And he is trying to get Gideon in Gideon's hearing so that he can get in his faith, so that his faith can be strengthened and he can listen and be ushered into a face-in-face encounter with God. And when you're face-to-face with a friend, he starts to tell you what he's doing. Let me tell you why I called you a mighty man of valor. Let me tell you why I came to you in the wine press. But if we have to be honest, sometimes we fall short from these invitations that God has given us. So let's go back to Judges in 12, and let's see how Gideon responds. The angel says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon should have perceived, received a word from heaven. Instead, he complained and pointed to his situation. Gideon says, this one says, pardon me, but y'all know I like my urban southern vernacular. So I say, excuse me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of the land of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord has sent an angel from heaven. You can stay on 13 for just a second. The Lord has sent an angel from heaven. And what does Gideon say? And we're going to be honest, we all been here. That if the Lord is all he say he is, why? Why? Why, God? Why, God? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Why that pain? Why we oppressed? Why I'm in a wine press threshing? Why this? Why that? Although technically the God has already given the people the answer of why. Gideon has been confronted with an invitation to come face to face with God. And instead of hearing, catching the hearing that would strengthen his faith, he complains and points to his situation. If we have gathered by now, this is an incorrect response. Because again, remember I told you, this this angel has come from the heavens. He didn't even say, why are you here talking to me? He didn't say, well, what you going to do about it? He made an accusation against God. And we got to be careful with that because the enemy loves when we make an accusation against God because it defeats our faith and it keeps us on the ground. 
if God is all that, then why is life like this? They said he was good. That's what he's saying. All the wonders he did for the people. My ancestors say he brought us up out of Egypt. Look like he's abandoned us. It looked like he's abandoned us. That's a real thing. You got to be honest. It looks like he's abandoned us. Have you ever said that to yourself? I don't really know where yet. It looks like he's abandoned us. We have to be careful with those accusations, particularly in a moment where God is trying to bring this man face to face with himself because he's about to show him who he is. And I think sometimes we don't capture the fact that you don't really even know who you are in God. You know your sin, you know your mistakes, you know who traumatized you, you know who did you wrong, but you don't know who you are in God. And this thing is so much better than you could ever imagine. But you learn this information face to face. So Gideon is not listening at this point. This is what the angel of the Lord, because he has mercy on him. God has mercy on him. He knows exactly where he is. We, son, you know my name. He knows where your emotions are. He knows where your heart is. And he knows where you've taken the wrong response to this invitation. He's decided to, to complain and point to his situation, but God is still merciful. And so the Bible says that the Lord turned to him. He turned to him and said that the Lord would move toward him. And he said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? In reverse, I am. That's what he told Moses. The I am is sending you, Gideon. Gideon, I'm trying to get you to hear this because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you have been sent a word from heaven from God. And he's trying to get you to hear it so it can strengthen your faith. And as to up to this point, Gideon has not been there to hear it. And God even acknowledges his, his condition, his situation. Go in the strength you have. I know you ain't strong. I know many have been oppressing you. I know you've been going through. I'm telling you, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And I always read this, interpreted this, and I realized up until this time that I don't know if I was doing it wrong or just got a revelation. I always thought that meant go in a little bit of strength that you have. You know, as African-Americans, this Black History Month, you know, we don't been through a lot. And sometimes we used to going tired. We used to pressing through stuff, barely moving. We've become accustomed to that. And I thought God was saying, Gideon, take the little bit of strength that you have and go on. You know, how I got over, you know, that kind of thing. And I realized just now that ain't what he's saying. Because the Holy Spirit took me back to his word in the New Testament. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So when I tell you to go in the strength that you have, I'm talking about a strength you don't even know and understand, have never felt yet. It's the strength that is mine. The strength that is going to be yours in your weakness is actually mine. And through that strength, I want you to go, and I'm going to have you save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not the one Sending you. My strength is made perfect in weakness, but y'all, to be honest, Gideon still does not get it. 
he still is not listening. And this is what he says again. Excuse me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan, here he is again. He is complaining and pointing to his situation. I hope we hear this this morning. That when God is trying to get something to you, when he is inviting you to a face-to-face encounter, and in these encounters, he begins to tell you as a friend what he is doing. That is how you get in line to walk with him beyond your understanding. But Gideon right now is complaining and pointing to his situation. And he's doing it out of his weakness, but God has just told him that your weakness ain't the problem here. But Gideon replies, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Gideon, a word has come from heaven and said that you are a mighty man of valor. Gideon, your condition, situation, and environment has told you that you're the least in your family. You tell me which one is the truth and which one is a lie. You tell me which one you can hear and which one you're going to move on. Because these are two separate things. That's why complaining and pointing to your situation is actually counterintuitive in this moment. I know what clan you are from. I know what family you are in. I know you are considered the least. I'm not talking about that. I came and the first thing I said to you before I said anything is the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon, are you going to hear? And if you read up a couple verses, he starts to hear a little bit. He says, well, can I make you a sacrifice? Now he's starting to get it because sacrifices are a big part of worship in his time. He said, well, hold up, let me, let me go cook you a little something, a little cake and a little, you know. Now Gideon is turning his head toward worship, and he is starting to hear. And after he gives this sacrifice to the angel, verse 22 says, Gideon realized that the angel was the Lord. Gideon realized that the angel was the Lord. If you remember, one of the things inherent is the ability to perceive, but in that to have awareness, recognition, discernment, to grasp, to realize. Gideon has just heard. He's just heard. Now we're going to see if he gets to listening just yet. But he has heard. And Gideon says, well, hold up. Alas, finally, finally, the sovereign, sovereign God in control of everything, regardless of what Midian does, regardless of what our government does, regardless of any time or country or power, regardless of anything, the one who sits really in control, he says, alas, finally, the sovereign one. Lord, Lord, so we ain't out of control, we're not out of your sovereignty, you're not, you have not abandoned us, you have finally come, it's kind of what he's saying, but it ain't so much that God has finally come, you have finally heard, so maybe it's so much for us that a faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Maybe God has been sending us invitations all along. 
And maybe we can position ourselves, like Gideon, turn toward worship so we can start to hear. Because this is what Gideon said. He said, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And once he realizes, he actually gets so scared he thinks he's going to die. Face to face. And that's our series that we're going to be in this month. God wants us face to face. Because when we get face to face and we give him full attention and we begin to hear, and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and we begin to strengthen our faith and we begin to listen, receive the words, pay full attention to the one who is speaking. And we have this face to face encounter that God calls us his friend from, then he starts to tell us what he's doing. He starts to tell us what he's doing. God, we thank you. We can pray. God, we thank you that while Gideon sat in a a wine press, you said, mighty man of valor, God, you have called all of us by the name that you have called us. There are women of faith in this place Women of God, you have called some of us to be authors. You have called some of us, God, to have businesses. You have called some of us to go beyond our wildest dreams, God. You have called some of us to step out for you and to be a mouthpiece, God, when people would think contrary and would think we were the last and the least, God. You have called us as mighty men and women of valor, God. And you do not care what the situation and environment has pronounced over us. Your proclamation is the truth. And before you said anything, it's the first thing you said. I'm with you, and you're a mighty man of valor. We pray this week, and we pray in this series that we start responding to your invitations to come face-to-face, that we would get to a surrender that don't make no sense, that we stop pointing and complaining. But God, that way we try to hear. Because when we hear, you didn't ask us to do the work. You said hearing you alone is going to strengthen our faith. God, position us, move us, empower us. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share. We would like to take this moment to thank our mission partners for your continued support of the Emmaus Ministries. If you would like to become a partner of Emmaus Ministries, visit us at www.emmaus1.org. God bless, and we'll see you next week on the Emmaus Road.